Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. Hi there and welcome to an all new episode of the show. You've got Nadia with you for a 2MFM local government pre-election special and it delights me to accompany you via 92.1 FM Muslim Community Radio, our live streaming platform 2MFM.org and our 2MFM radio app on iOS and Android. Well, it's happening. December 4 is fast approaching, a day on which 124 councils across New South Wales will be holding elections. And Torm FM has been in touch with candidates from various New South Wales local government areas to help you make an informed decision on who is most fit for the top job. Today on the show, I'll be chatting with councillor and Labour candidate for the top job in Liverpool, Mr Nathan Haggerty. He is incredibly passionate about ensuring local residents benefit from the opportunities that lie ahead and will sure get a glimpse into what his vision for Liverpool City Council is if he is elected as mayor. UMFM bringing you insight into the 2021 New South Wales local government election. تغطية الإذاعة الإسلامية لانتخابات المجالس البلدية في New South Wales لعام 2021. Liverpool is Sydney's third CBD, the centre of southwest Sydney, and is one of the largest local government areas in metropolitan Sydney. The city encompasses a population of over 223,000 people, and it delights me to welcome to 2MFM Liverpool councillor and Labour candidate running for the top job as Liverpool mayor at the upcoming local government elections. Mr. Nathan Haggerty. Welcome to Tuam FM, Nathan. It's great to have you on board. Uh, thank you for having me, Nadia. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Well, there's a lot we want to know about you. So give us a little insight into who Nathan Haggerty is and what's he all about. Well, um, I'm a local lad. So I've lived in and around Liverpool my whole life. Um, lived for a couple of years in a in a flat in Cartwright, and then we moved to nearby Ponyrig, where I grew up, and now live with my wife and two children in uh, Green Valley. And uh, I've been very fortunate in my life. Um, I uh, had a, you know, went to went to lived in public housing, went to public schools, uh, and uh, benefited from that by being the first person in my family to go to university. I uh, graduated from Western Sydney University uh, many years now um, with a Bachelor of International Studies. And from there, I've worked in the um, financial services space, uh, IT. I also went back and worked for Western Sydney University for a while. Uh, I've worked in the uh, public service, the private service. Uh, I now sit on a couple of community boards and I am a councillor at Liverpool Council. So... Very community-focused and very Liverpool-focused. That's right. And you've worked across a number of fields, as you said, including the financial services, education and public sectors in operations. So a lot of people want to know what inspired you? What made you decide to run for council? Yeah, so I'm, um, as I said, I've got two kids, a daughter, 14, and a son, 12, and 
Uh, I'm living in the area I grew up in and I'm raising my kids there and uh, it's, it's I guess, that passion for the area I grew up in and I, I want to leave it a better place. I think there's there's some room for improvement there in Liverpool and for too long um, Liverpool's been in the news for the wrong reasons and, and I wanted to change that. And You can, you can sit on the sidelines and, and you can complain and you can speak to your family and friends or you can put your hand up and, and dedicate yourself to the, com- to the community and, and try and fix that and, and that's what I'm all about. So you were first elected to council in 2016 uh, for a four-year term, which ended up, of course, being five years because of the COVID pandemic. What are some of the things that you've achieved as councillor over the last four years? Tell us about some of the positive contributions that you've made in helping to develop the region of Liverpool. Yeah, so uh, I've achieved quite a few things that I'm uh, proud of. We've um, brought community back to uh, Liverpool. I think um, for a long time there, there was there was a focus on the CBD and the, the CBD is important, but mm. you need to get the balance right. So you need to get a focus on the CBD, but you also need to look at our suburbs and our communities. And uh, I've, I've certainly contributed to that. Uh, we've also pushed back against overdevelopment. Uh, people um, are very concerned about uh, overdevelopment and traffic. Uh, and I've uh, we've got a couple of victories there. Uh, we've pushed back against... Um, some of the uh, ways that uh, our community was locked down and, and uh, I guess, stigmatised during COVID, that's, that's probably what I'm most proud of, that during those four months, um, I think it was a true test of leadership. Um, you know, you have a look at who stood up, who spoke out and who fought mm. for their community when their community needed it most. And uh, proud to say that uh, I had, you know, kept in contact with the community. I, I had phone calls, emails, messages every day. There were, um, I put out some Facebook videos to educate our community mm. uh, and I was also um, standing up and, and fighting yeah. for things on the news and in the, in the newspaper. So That's right. So as you said and as we've seen uh, throughout the pandemic that you were quite active in your efforts to uh, provide much needed support to the local community, especially during the hardest times that we've, we've experienced. What about post-lockdown? I mean, what will you do to help Liverpool recover? Uh, from the impacts brought on by the COVID pandemic, particularly to assist uh, local businesses impacted by business-related uh, disruptions? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the uh, the lockdown finished, you know, the lockdown went for four months, but the impacts of it will live mm. with people for years. Um, the state governments uh, talked about their West Invest program, which, uh, as I understand it, is to geared at investing in, in infrastructure. Uh, so, you know, new bridges, new roads, new public transport, which is all welcome and, and all uh, very much needed. But the biggest impact has been on people. Mm. We need to invest in people and, and, as you said, small business. So a couple of the ideas that I'll bring to council if I'm elected mayor uh, is that we will uh, we'll have a full-time employment officer at Liverpool Council. So we have one now on trial, but my commitment is we'll, we'll keep them on. And uh, as companies come to the airport and, and organisations from around the world mm. want to set up shop in the airport, the job of the employment officer is to make sure that Liverpool gets the most out of that, that if someone wants to set up shop, that's fine, but let's have some apprenticeships, some traineeships for young uh, young locals in Liverpool. Mm. Uh, another idea is uh, we've seen what they're calling the great resignation, where people are sort of quitting from their jobs mm. uh, and uh, COVID has really sort of put a perspective on things and they're now doing, they're following their passion. And we mm. see that with uh, a lot of people up opening up home businesses and, and doing things from uh, out of their garage. And I think that's a fantastic opportunity for us. And um, I'd set up a dedicated unit in council to help foster those businesses, uh, get them set up, make sure they're doing the right thing. 
help and promote, do some networking, and also if they want to scale up, uh, assist them there. So there's a couple of the ideas, but uh, it's all about really investing mm. in people and businesses. Absolutely. But you've been a long-time advocate of small businesses, and that's something you really you know, endorse and support, especially within uh, the local area of Liverpool. Yeah, 100%. I know the, um, the Labor Party is very big on talking about the, the transformational power of education, mm. and, and I'm an example of that. You yeah. know, I came from very humble circumstances and through a good education I'm now I've done more than, you know, uh, I think uh, my parents... An average, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's right. But we should never discount the uh, transformational power of small business. Mm. So, you know, if I look around at my, my friends and family that I went to school mm. with, uh, just as much as I was transformed through education, I, I see many of them have started up small businesses or they've got involved in their family businesses and that's just as important as uh, transforming people's lives and transforming the area. And so that's why I'm a massive fan of small business. And yep. uh, if you look at my um, Instagram, there's probably too many photos of me uh, at, at cafes Supporting and small businesses, yeah, exactly. And and multicultural, uh, you know, small businesses. Yeah, and, and that's Liverpool's great strength. Uh, I like to call it, it's Liverpool's diversity of diversity. Mm. Uh, you know, some, some of our areas uh, have, um, you know, the sort of predominant, a couple of different uh, cultures but Liverpool's great strength is that we have people from all over the world that speak all different languages and with the airport coming that's actually a really really big mm. strength you know mm. if, if a company uh, sees what's happening in, in Western Sydney and Liverpool and says we want to set up shop and they're from anywhere around the world I can guarantee you that there'll be someone in Liverpool that speaks their language and understands their culture and Absolutely. we should really lift that up and, and help support yeah, uh, people yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly. Talk to us briefly about the development of the Western Sydney International Airport and what it would mean for the city of Liverpool. Yeah, it's it's huge. When you think about it, you, you know, people are calling it a, a once-in-a-lifetime project. It's mm. actually a once-in-a-century project. Wow, You only it's build huge. an international airport once, once every 100 years, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, and that has the uh, opportunity to transform mm. our region if we get it right. Mm. Um, so what that would mean is, you know, good quality jobs, uh, good quality uh, facilities within, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes in, mm. from Liverpool. And that's something our area has struggled with. I know for, for many mm. years uh, yeah. I, I used to work in the city in financial services, I mentioned, mm. and that would involve a, a half an hour bus trip to Liverpool Station yeah. and then an hour into the city and... So that, that round trip for people can sometimes be, uh, you know, three to four hours. But wow. what this provides is the idea of a 30-minute city where mm. you can live, work, uh, have good quality jobs all within uh, arm's mm. reach. And uh, I'm certainly going to fight to make sure that, mm. that Liverpool is front and centre as part of all the uh, the benefits and opportunities that come out of the airport. Exactly. I mean, in saying that as well, um, another main concern raised is the shortage of facilities such as parks. And I mentioned to you, I recently moved into the area of Heckenberg and I noticed that there was a lack of open space and recreation facilities in and around that area. So do you plan on doing anything about that? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, as I said, I've got two kids. Yeah. And um, I, uh, that, that was one of the reasons I put my, my hand up to mm. run for council. Mm. Uh, we need better facilities, uh, whether it's parks, libraries, community centres that are mm. within walking distance, within reach for uh, young families. And we've got a lot of young families moving into the area. Mm. Uh, and that's something I'm quite passionate about. So we've delivered some great parks over the last uh, four or five years. So mm. Kasula Parklands, mm. uh, Cerillo Reserve, in, in, Kasula yeah. Parklands is an example. Okay. And there are plenty on the way. 
way. And mm. one thing we shouldn't um, discount as well is, is Western Sydney Parklands mm. uh, mm. that, that, that belongs to the state government. But yep. uh, Liverpool's, Liverpool Council's working very, very closely with them to make sure that yep. we have what are essentially world-class facilities right exactly. in the backyard. Exactly. I mean, we all we need uh, in Liverpool is, is obviously improved infrastructure and more visually uh, appealing facilities as well, especially to cater for those young families who yes. are moving into the area trying to start a, a new life with their family. So it's important that they are provided for those people. So obviously, as you know, there have been uh, concerns uh, raised about the overdevelopment mm. in the area. We know that this kind of infrastructure is needed to meet the area's growing population. Um, but there are concerns that the surging uh, construction of homes and units are putting pressure on our local roads. So what would you like to comment about that? Yeah, so I think we, we um, tackle that problem in a couple of ways. The first is um, give a commitment as mayor. If I was elected mayor, mm. um, I would give communities the option to uh, downzone uh, some of the um, high, uh, what they call R4 or, mm. uh, you know, the high-rise zoning uh, in their areas. Yeah. So during this term of council, we gave the residents of Moorbank that option and they voted 82% strongly opposed to wow. uh, high-rise residential. Mm. But we still have that in, in places like Chipping Norton, in Green Valley, in Kasula. So if I'm elected, that's a rock-solid guarantee that mm. they will have an option to mm. downzone there. Um, you also mentioned the roads, and mm. um, that's about, uh, I guess, uh, advocating and, and, and pushing hard against the, the state and federal governments to get our fair mm. share of, of infrastructure. Fun, yeah. And unfortunately, we've seen, uh, especially with the state and federal governments, the way mm. they handout money is, is unfortunately not based on needs. It's mm. based on um, their electoral reality. And a perfect example of that was about three or four weeks ago, AAMI, mm. the insurance company, they put out their um, top 10 crash mm. sites in um, Sydney wow. based on, on data. Yeah. Number one was the Hume Highway in Liverpool which mm. is a state road. Mm. Mm. Now, uh, worse than that, it has been number one for seven of the last eight years. Wow. So this is not a problem, uh, you know, that, that's come about overnight. We know about it. Uh, council knows about it. State MPs know about it. Federal MPs know about it. And we've been advocating for some time. Mm. Uh, and the same goes for out in our growing suburbs. We've got 15th Avenue. So... Recently, the um, state government had the opportunity to uh, essentially reclassify that as a state road, invest in it properly and get mm. it upgraded, and they um, they basically said no to that. Wow. Uh, but um, I've, I've been out there. I've, I've had Chris Minns, the, the state opposition leader, out there advocating for me, and, and that's what I'll do as mayor. I'll, I'll get on the phone to whoever I need to, whether that's the uh, the Liberal Party, the Labor mm. Party, state, federal, and uh, fight for our fair share in Liverpool. That's right, especially, you know, as we said, the traffic congestion um, primarily in the Hume Highway and Hoxton Park Road intersection, um, mm. that's a huge problem for the area of Liverpool. And there, there are obviously a lot of um, shops and there are schools around that area. Yeah. So, as you said, safety is paramount. Yeah. Um, so it's been a challenge for you, but you are willing to go even a step further after you've been elected, hopefully, as mayor. Yep, I've, I've been fighting since yeah. day one and I'll keep fighting as mayor. Um, another thing I mentioned is yeah. uh, public transport. Public transport is also you know, one of the answers in terms mm. of tackling this. And mm. um, you know, I'd love to see the, the yeah. metro extended through Liverpool. Mm. Um, we need to improve our bus services, especially in our growing suburbs. Yeah. Uh, and Liverpool Council has a plan for... Um, basically rapid transit to and from the airport. So looping back to our answer, our question about the airport, mm. um, you know, we also can tackle congestion through um, 
good quality, efficient public transport to and from the airport. Absolutely. And another issue, of course, is the issue of parking. Um, is there anything that you plan on doing with regards to the issue of parking? Absolutely. That's one of the, the, mm. the biggest complaints I get about the CBD. Mm. Uh, and a, another commitment here, uh, I will, uh, during my term of office, we mm. will have at least 500 new uh, public parking spaces mm. in Liverpool during my term of the, office. Because there are a few times where I needed to go to, to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I was probably an hour late to the appointment um, because I couldn't find parking. And it's a struggle, especially if someone's sick. It demotivates them from actually seeing a doctor, unfortunately. Yes. So my plan there is obviously more parking spaces. Mm. uh, But there's a couple of other ways we can tackle that. I mentioned public transport as well, so to give people other options to get to and from the CBD. Mm -hmm. But we shouldn't discount technology. Mm. Um, We have have some technology that's coming through at the moment. Uh, that, that would be able to uh, aid people in terms of, of public transport. So uh, in a month or two, what you, you'll start to see some of that rolled out, mm. and uh, I'm going to back that in big and, and put that all around Liverpool. But what it is is di- um, digital signs that, mm. that change and, and tell you as you're approaching Liverpool, uh, it will say Northumberland car park full, big street car park's got 100 spaces. Mm. So before you get there and you have to go up and down the one-way streets and, and get stuck and, and waste an hour of your life like you did, exactly. Uh, it's about using technology to indicate where the parking spaces mm. are and, and get them there. But that, more parking spaces and, of course, uh, better public transport. And the signage as well, as you said, is incredibly important because for a lot of people they don't really know how to read signs. And especially when you're in and around Liverpool, you've got one-way lanes and streets and things like that. That would really pose a huge problem. Um, You would lose so much time having to go back around, um, you know. So I think improving the signage is something that people would want, especially for those who have language barriers as well. Um, Obviously, you can't put all the languages there, but in a way that people would understand, of course. Yeah. And uh, you'll obviously, obviously get um, some experts that, that know, you know, how those signs should be written and, and how exactly. they should be um, directed. But I guess, unfortunately, Liverpool has a, has a couple of geographic uh, disadvantages. You've mm. got the Georges River yeah. on one side. You can't change any of that. We yeah. can't move the river, unfortunately, <laughs> and you've got That's the Hume right. Highway on the other side. But, uh, you know, with, with constraints, offers opportunities. And mm. um, I've just mentioned a few of those, but I'm well aware that, that parking's an issue. And as someone that travels into Liverpool quite a bit, mm. uh, we need to get that parking situation fixed. Absolutely. Parking is important. Also because uh, we need to improve nightlife in Liverpool. Mm. Uh, that's another complaint, you know, I've, I've heard loud and clear. And uh, again, as a, as, a, as a person with young families and a young family and, and, a, and a, you know, wife, Mm. Um, we'd love nothing more than to be able to pop into Liverpool, go to a lovely restaurant, mm. watch a movie, uh, you know, to do something like that. Uh, and so it was uh, refresh- uh, refreshing to see that, that Liverpool has actually recently joined a 24-hour economy uh, task force uh, with other cities, mm. other stakeholders, uh, getting the best ideas and... Uh, I think we'll start to see that that come to fruition mm. over the next few years as well. Especially moving forward from the pandemic, I think there are more innovative ways that we need to implement to to change our city and to make mm. it a lot more advanced because it was going through very slow changes with regards to the area. But I think now it's going to fast track um, those innovative uh, ways of, of changing the city and how we operate and how we live. But I think as well... 
you know, on, on the other side of that, a lot of people don't want to go out as much maybe. They're still scared from, you know, the prospect of, of contracting the virus. But we do want to encourage um, people to get out there and to be more confident um, to live with the virus. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, in, in speaking with um, small business and, and, and others, uh, every time I go in to grab a coffee or a sandwich, it's like, how's business? And, yeah. And it's exactly what you said. They're, there has been an uptick, mm. um, but there is still, a, you know, very much a reluctance for people to, to get out. There's, there's very much a wait and see um, mm. attitude there. But I think what we need to do is, you know, move on from 2020 and 2021 mm. and, and, and have something positive to um, pursue. And that's why uh, a couple of months ago at Council, I put up a motion to celebrate Liverpool's 150th year as a municipal uh, body. So mm. 100, uh, 150 years ago in June next year, Liverpool uh, became a, uh, a council effectively. Yeah. And I think what that, that provides is a, is a fantastic opportunity to yeah. celebrate the past and, and look to the future and, and put COVID behind us. So we're going to have some uh, fantastic events and, and mm. hopefully some, some markets during, during yeah. the year. Um, mm. And um, that's a way to encourage people to get out and be positive and, and move on from COVID. Exactly. So, Nathan, you know, if you're elected as Mayor of Liverpool, how will you put the needs of the community first? How will you ensure that their voices and their concerns are met? To what extent will you go uh, to actually ensure that those are being met? Yeah, look, every, everything I do is, is about community. Mm. So in addition to uh, my councillor duties, yeah. I'm chair of Western Sydney Migrant Resource Centre mm. and I'm on the board of uh, SSI. Um, I've, uh, in the past, I've, you know, volunteered at, at my kids' school in the PNC and we've mm. also done ethics classes. It's it's in it's in my bones, mm. you know, it's everything I do. Uh, it's about community and as you saw... During You're involved, COVID, like deeply involved. Yes, yeah. yeah. It, it's everything I do, you know. I, I get out there, I, mm. I go to community meetings, I speak to people uh, and it's important that we listen to community. I think all too often, mm. especially in government... We think the politicians and the bureaucrats have the answers, but I can tell you, as a councillor, some of the best ideas that have come through over the last mm. five years mm. have come from our community. They live, yeah. they breathe, they know the problems. Uh, mm. You think you might have an answer on a on a map or a policy document, but mm. until you actually go out and speak to people and, and see things on the ground, that's right. Uh, that's yeah. where you get the the answers. And I've done that for five years, and I'll certainly continue to do that as mayor. The residents just want um, councillors who are there for the right reasons, who uh, listen to who are proactively served and again they want transparency and integrity not party politics um, and that's so so important so the fact that you live and breathe Liverpool council area that's something that is important to them because they know that you see what they see and it's not a matter of you saying oh okay like this is not relevant you're definitely part of them and you understand their needs and concerns and you're the closest to the community than, yeah. you know, state or federal government. Yeah, as I say, yeah. uh, local yeah. government is the, the closest level of government exactly. to the people. Exactly, exactly. Um, if you've seen my posters out there, they say putting community first. It's mm. not just a slogan. It, it's it's what I live and breathe. It's it's everything, mm. you know, it's how, I, how I conduct myself as a person. It's how I conduct myself as a councillor yeah. and it's what I'll do as, as mayor. So what is your final message to the community as we head closer to the 2021 local government elections? Well, the first thing is to make sure you get out and vote. Mm-hmm. Voting is compulsory. Yeah. Uh, and um, as I like to say, if you, if, you, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Mm. So get out there and vote. And um, if you want leadership with integrity, uh, leadership that lives and breathes community and, and leadership that will put community first and, and fight every day for Liverpool, 
uh, put a one in the uh, next to my name on the mayoral ticket. Yep. So I'm up the top, nice and easy. Yep. Number one, vote Nathan. <laughs> Uh, and, um, yeah, put community first. Fantastic. Well, Nathan Haggerty, Liverpool councillor and Labour candidate for Mayor of Liverpool, I do want to thank you immensely for joining me in the Torm FM studio today, and I wish you the very, very best. Thank you. MFM bringing you insight into the 2021 New South Wales local government election. تغطية الإذاعة الإسلامية لانتخابات المجالس البلدية في New South Wales لعام 2021.